0: Today, we're going to talk about osteoarthritis and the things that we can do with our lifestyle to reduce symptoms. Today's guest is a researcher, and she has recently published with her team a journal paper that is called A Multidisciplinary Lifestyle Program for Metabolic Syndrome-Associated Osteoarthritis, The Plants for Joints Randomized Controlled Trial. I have with me Wendy Waller Rubenstein. And I hope I pronounced that correctly. She's all the way from the almost, Netherlands.
1: Almost. <laughs> <laughs> Why did
0: you correct me? Uh, and let's get that.
1: Waller right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think I did better first time around, Wendy. Yeah, You've been yeah, on you this. Did. Yeah, Actually, I you did. <laughs> I did. I've gone backwards in my knowledge and skills. Uh, Wendy, you were on this uh, podcast uh, several months ago where we talked about somewhat of a similar study, but for rheumatoid arthritis. And for those watching on YouTube, I'll put the link to that right now on the screen. If you want to go back and watch what we talked about with the results of that study with rheumatoid arthritis, which was outstanding. Today, we're going to talk about the follow-up publication. And this was published in the Journal of Osteoarthritis and Cartilage So let's kick off with the most important thing, which is the outcome. What were you looking for? What did you find? And let's hear what was achieved in this study.
1: Yeah, thank you, Clint. Thank you for having me again. Well, what did we achieve in this osteoarthritis trial was that people who had quite a severe form of osteoarthritis in their knees or in their hips or both. Experienced a um, clinical relevant and also statistically significant decrease in pain, in stiffness, and they improved physical function. And in addition, they also improved their metabolic markers like uh, LDL cholesterol, uh, blood glucose, HbA1c. Uh, they lost uh, quite some body weight fat mass, uh, and also CRP, which is an important marker for inflammation, decreased significantly.
0: To what extent do we feel that C-reactive protein contributes to osteoarthritis? Because the message that I've put forward for many years is that there is a, a small amount of inflammation going on in osteoarthritis, and this contributes to the progression of the disease. Is this also what your research has, has uncovered and uh, um, how significant do you think C-reactive protein is in the progression?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, uh, Clint, because indeed you could say that there are some phenotypes of osteoarthritis. So, of course, uh, we have the, uh, let's say, trauma-induced osteoarthritis for example when you have an accident or you have um you are hurt while uh, doing exercise or something that is a very specific form of osteoarthritis but most people suffer from this metabolic syndrome associated osteoarthritis and that is specifically what we studied And uh, what you see there is that people who have metabolic syndrome, and I will explain metabolic syndrome, metabolic syndrome is a group of risk factors like increased body weight, increased LDL cholesterol, um, increased triglyceride, blood glucose, increased blood pressure. So, you know, all these things that increase our risk of developing heart disease, but also diabetes type 2. And actually, people who score high on these markers for metabolic syndrome have actually an increased risk of uh, osteoarthritis. In the past, it was believed that this had to do with the body weight. So, um, It was thought that um, the the, the, uh, weight on hips and knees caused this osteoarthritis, this this, uh, wear and tear of of, uh, cartilage. But actually, it has been proven that 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 is not the case because people who have um, metabolic syndrome or uh, who are obese also have an increased risk of osteoarthritis in their hands. And of course, there we don't see this this load uh, on the on the joints. What we also see is that uh, uh, this group of people also seems to have an increased risk of uh, inflammation, which is in itself also associated with an increased risk of metabolic syndrome. And and to summarize this, you could say that we have a couple of uh, lifestyle factors such as diet. Um, lack of exercise, uh, stress, lack of sleep, and those uh, stimulate this low-grade inflammation. And this low-grade inflammation could also be seen as a kind of uh, irritation of the body, and that in itself causes a lot of uh, diseases of affluence, like cardiovascular disease and diabetes, but also neurodegenerative diseases and, and things like depression, for example, but also autoimmune diseases like um, rheumatoid arthritis and also a thing that is called senescence. And senescence stands for, let's say, a kind of accelerated aging. And that is also what we see in, in osteoarthritis because if you look, for example, at someone 90-year-old uh, Of course, there is a kind of wear and tear in the joints because as we grow older, this is quite normal. But what we actually see is that uh, it starts earlier and earlier, especially when you have these metabolic risk factors. And so all these uh, lifestyle factors cause low-grade inflammation which can be measured with C-reactive protein. And actually, what we have proven in our study is that these improving these lifestyle factors, so eating better, uh, exercising more, and uh, doing more relaxation exercises is actually causing the CRP to uh, decrease. So yeah, I think it. this is, again, uh, evidence that there is such a thing as low-grade inflammation, and that also in osteoarthritis displays a huge role.
0: Okay, wonderful. Now, what exactly did you have the group do, and how many participants did you have in the study, and how long was it for? So, let's talk about those things.
1: Yeah. So, um In the osteoarthritis um, trial, we included people with this metabolic syndrome. Uh, We had 64 patients and they were randomized in two groups of 32 in the intervention group, 32 in the control group. And... um, All 64 got usual care. So uh, painkillers, some of them had uh, some exercise therapy and we uh, advised them to continue as they did. The intervention group, in addition, received this uh, lifestyle program, which is a four-month lifestyle program. uh, And it, uh, it was composed of 10 group meetings And it started with a great cooking class uh, given by a specialized vegan chef who was specialized in plant-based cooking for health. And um, uh, this cooking class was specifically aimed at um, uh, trying all these new uh, delicious um, plates because, of course, cooking different is very important, but it is also about developing your taste um, and to be clear for yourself about what you like. Do you like Middle Middle Eastern-style cooking? Do you like Asian-style cooking? And stuff like that. So we were very much involved together in this tasting and uh, liking, etc. So that was the first uh, meeting. And then we had nine other meetings spread over these uh, four months. And in these meetings, we got together and spoke about uh, how we did, uh, what kind of difficult situations we encountered. Uh, For example, eating out, eating with friends. We did a lot of education so we are very much convinced that uh, like like you do clint that explaining people how the body works is such a um such an important uh, part of improving your lifestyle because if you know how it works then you are so much more motivated to do the things that really help your body Um, So we did that, Um, and of course, it was also about experience, like with uh, the tasting at the start, we experienced uh, different styles of exercise, so all kinds of exercise, from yoga to strength training, it was all about encountering the pain, because of course, if you have any form of arthritis, and you start to exercise, then you are confronted with, for example, a pain in your wrist, and then you have to adapt your exercise. So we worked on that. And also experiencing um, relaxation exercises. And with the relaxation, it was very much focused on uh, doing all sorts of exercises and choosing what works for you. For example, uh body scan, or just a relaxed meditation, or very slow walking in uh, uh, in nature. And we tried out everything, and we uh, really um, motivated people, stimulated people to choose what fits their needs. And it was also about... Um, planning your day carefully, because sometimes we saw, for example, we had one participant who said, well, I'm walking 10 uh, kilometers, and then the day after, I can't do anything. And so um, with situations like that, we uh, worked on planning your week better. Uh, For example, not walking 10 kilometers, but perhaps five, but do it daily. And uh, so you don't experience so much pain the day after. Well, all kinds of stuff. Um, We did a potluck. um, And um, well, after the the 10th meeting, uh, we of course had a measurement, which was confronted with the baseline measurements. And we did a measurement in between. And during those measurements, uh, people also had the opportunity to talk Um, all things over with a specialized uh, dietitian or a physiotherapist. So there was also a bit of individual counseling integrated in the full program. We were doing this during uh, the COVID-19 measures. So uh, we started out as a complete life um, getting together in our clinic in Amsterdam Uh, But we had to move very swiftly into a full online version. And then in the end, most people um, experienced the whole program more or less um, hybrid. So part of it, most of it online and a couple of live meetings, especially the cooking class, of course, that one. Although we did that one also one or twice uh, online, but most of them uh, followed it uh, live, so that was um, the the program. And actually, um, Clint, I uh, I recall that we before I started this, we had a chat about the program, and we also uh, involved a couple of people who actually followed your program in um, uh, in the first. Um, setup of this uh, program so we um, uh, made the program we invited the let's say the experienced um, uh, people with arthritis who already had changed their lifestyle and asked them to um, critically review our program and so they gave us some advices for example there was an optional fasting period in this program which was very much on request of people uh, who had this great experience not that much people followed it especially especially not in the osteoarthritis group a lot of people in the rheumatoid arthritis group did do a couple of days of fasting but what they also very much uh, emphasized was to include also a session on sleep so we have a um, occupational therapist at our clinic specialized in sleep, and she actually did a very well-received training of the participants on sleep. Uh, So yeah, that was more or less uh, the program. Uh, Four months, as I said, with uh, three measurements. Actually, the um, groups uh, were six to 12 people, and they were mixed. So it were uh, osteoarthritis patients, but also rheumatoid arthritis patients all together in one group. But all the analyses were split up in two randomized control trials.
0: Mm, I see. Nice. So that you utilized the same experts just once across both groups so that you're able to, you know, leverage their time appropriately. Yeah. Um, now was, um, was there a, a good adherence to the plan because there's quite a lot of changes that you've mentioned there, and I know that osteoarthritis is a debilitating condition. We mostly on this channel talk about rheumatoid, but osteoarthritis uh, can really bring people into, you know, a state of, of of despair. So was that adequate for them to be very compliant, or did you get some, you know, people who dropped out?
1: Yeah, well, actually, in the four-month trial, both in the rheumatoid arthritis and in the osteoarthritis group, we had, um, uh, uh, I I believe, in in the osteoarthritis, I have to check, but I think only one or two people dropped out. So the dropouts during the trial were extremely low. I mean, that is um, unprecedented. So that's for first. Then um, uh, we follow these people, uh, so all the participants, for two years after the trial. And um, we recently analyzed uh, the one-year data, and we will actually publish also an article about that. And uh, there we combined all the people together, and of course, in in this article, we also show the adherence for rheumatoid arthritis and osteoarthritis separately. But altogether, we can uh, say the following, and that is first, adherence was good. In general, we also did a process evaluation, so we interviewed people, we did focus groups and stuff like that. On average, you could say that people after one year say, I follow this program still for about 80% and if you uh, dig into how and what they really follow uh, you can actually see that what we focus on is first of all as of, the, as of the start we emphasize that perfection is not sustainable so you will make mistakes but don't be too hard on yourself just yeah go on accept the fact that you're not perfect and and do the best you can so that is first second we are all different one person can really miss um uh, the fish once a week for example the other person says oh my egg on sunday morning or now and then a little bit of parmesan on my pasta whatever and what we focus on to really be conscious of this i always call them delicacies and uh, and just add one of one or two of those delicacies in your uh, in your daily uh, program, but to be mindful of it, and not uh, and to um, uh, emphasize that you uh, should stop the uh, mindless eating and enjoy mindfully now and then this really nice treat for yourself. And the funny thing is that if you ask people at after one year, so what is your treat? Then, uh, one person will say, Oh, you won't believe it. I eat some kind of terrible junk food, which is typically Dutch. I can't, uh, pre- uh can't translate it in, in, uh, in English, but really terrible thing that uh, some uh, participant ate once every, uh, eats once every month. So that's one. Another person says, No, I do eat fish once a week, but for the rest, I follow the program. Uh, etc. So, you see there very personalized uh, adherence. Uh, So, that's the second thing. Uh, What we also saw is that, uh, of course, the better the adherence, the better the outcome. And that is important to emphasize, although this relationship was not statistically significant but this has to do with, uh, of course, the small number in each group of adherents. I mean, if you only have uh, 64 people, then it's quite hard to have a large group in, for example, three groups of adherents, high, middle and low. Uh, but what we did see that even people who had a low adherence improved significantly. So um, uh, I think that is very important to emphasize to emphasize that you don't have to do it perfectly to have some benefit but if you do it good then yeah the 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 impact is is larger what we did see however and that is very interesting to my opinion is that in the rheumatoid arthritis group the uh, improvements continue to improve one year later and with osteoarthritis, we saw a little bit that people bounced back, still enough to have a significant improvement uh, in comparison to start. But um, the important thing here is that, and uh, I know you, you can recognize this, people with rheumatoid arthritis have, uh, yeah, tend to have this very short feedback loop where they encounter, um, for example, increased pain, even swelling in joints within 24 hours after they have, for example, eaten red meat. And that was very interesting also from the perspective of uh, one of our most skeptical participants. She said, well, I couldn't believe my eyes, but 24 hours after I ate red meat, my fingers were swollen and that was really because of that red meat that i ate and with osteoarthritis you don't have that very fast uh, feedback loop and there you see that the fact that the pain very gradually increases again tends to um yeah decrease the motivation a bit but still they they have Improved outcomes, so it depends a bit uh, on on the person. Yeah, yeah,
0: very interesting. Yeah, I did a uh, social media post just recently about the uh, that feedback that you get within 24 hours with rheumatoid, and my my uh, hook for that social media post was the only thing I love about this disease, which is that you get the feedback. You've got a built-in alarm system that goes off, but if you've got a Long term chronic low grade condition like osteo or like uh, high blood pressure or, you know, uh, um, diabetes or something, you might not quickly get that feedback. What is the message here? So, if someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, Wendy, look, this sounds like you've put together an amazing study here, but specifically, what should I now do? If I have osteoarthritis and it hurts, and I'm willing to do whatever you tell me, but I don't really want to go and read this osteoarthritis and cartilage like uh, published paper here because it sounds very complicated. Specifically, what would you suggest to somebody?
1: Yeah, it depends your point of departure and uh, how far you want to go. So first of all, if you have a, let's say, and people know it from themselves. Uh, if you have a very unhealthy lifestyle, then uh, first of all, don't be too hard on yourself. Uh, our environments are really luring us into this unhealthy lifestyle. Um, so if you have a very unhealthy lifestyle, go and have a look at your dietary guidelines. Visit a dietitian. Uh, take the first steps towards eating more vegetables, more, um, more fruits, more whole grains, and stuff like that. Uh, that is a first step. If you want to go all the way and you have the real motivation to do everything you can, then I would say go for your program because I think your program is really a good example of doing it, doing all things right. So, uh, but you have to have good motivation and some time to really invest in it. So I would recommend that. We obviously chose the, the middle way. Let's say the, the, uh, good for 80%, um, way where you say, okay, this is achievable. Uh, for a lot of people and it's acceptable for a lot of people and you will gain um, quite some uh, benefit from it. And um, uh, we are now working on establishing a um, a lifestyle program online in the Netherlands, which is called Plans for Health. Um, but we also are planning to do it internationally, especially in Europe. So you can find more information on Plans for Health, our website. But if you want to go all the way, I think your program is a very, um, very good way to start. But you have to take into account that, that it's really a big leap for someone who has a very unhealthy lifestyle now. I think if you are already having quite uh, a healthy lifestyle and you suffer from uh, pain in your knees, then I suggest that, um, for example, eating more vegetables and fruits. Uh, I just came across a study that actually says 800 grams of fruits and vegetables a day as a large group uh, gives the highest benefit. So try to achieve that. That is also a great, a great start. More and more dietary guidelines, actually, in because you have, of course, uh, people who are watching this from many countries. So look up your local dietary guidelines. You can very often, you can translate them into a mostly plant-based or a fully plant-based version. For example, about... Uh, if you look at dairy products, for example, you can easily uh, use soy-based dairy products instead of normal dairy products. And if you uh, throw away all the, the 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 meat and you take, uh, for example, legumes instead of them, then you are already there. I mean, that's the the largest part uh, of the change. So it depends a bit on your ambition. So if you're if you really have the ambition go for uh Clint Pedersen. if you if your ambition right now is low if you are in a lot of pain then discuss it also with your rheumatologist or your general practitioner if you have osteoarthritis most osteoarthritis patients are uh, guided by their uh, general practitioner and of course many doctors are are reluctant to acknowledge that lifestyle and especially diet can do a lot. But if you can be lucky, I mean, there are people like Gemma Newman, for example, in the UK and a lot and a growing number of rheumatologists actually out there who really recognize this. And they often also have quite a good network of, for example, dietitians who can help you further. I would say, Don't do this by yourself because it really helps. And and actually, what I like about your program, Clint, is also the group uh, part of it because that was what we received back Mm -hmm. from our uh, patients in the process evaluation was that um, often people said, don't underestimate um, the effect of PEERs on your ability to really do this, I mean, a lot of people say, "No, no, no, I don't want to be in a group. I don't. I want to do this all by myself." But, for example, you and I are, of course, uh, for some people, we are health freaks. Whereas, if you have a peer who says to you, "No, it's really easy. If you do this uh, overnight, oh, so if you take this so yogurt with a little uh, a little bit of muesli, then you have a great." um A, a great uh, breakfast, for example, then it's m- much more acceptable than if you are, uh, than when you or, or I are telling them, you know, what you should do. You should do. You should uh, drink green smoothies every morning. You know, it's different. Uh,
0: that is very insightful, and yes, we see that a lot. Sometimes the very best, uh, you know, insight that someone needs is not from someone who's been doing it for ten years but it's from someone who just did it last week. Uh, so that's really good. And I wanted to also pick up on how you talk about the medical professionals. And so that was going to be my next question is someone may have an appointment over the coming weeks with their specialist or their general practitioner, mention this conversation, maybe even take this study along that they uh, they could print out uh, and then show the doctor and the doctor say, look, the evidence is not there. There isn't, you know, it doesn't matter what you eat. It's just wear and tear arthritis. To what extent do you believe that we can now definitively say that that is wrong?
1: It depends your situation. Because if if your osteoarthritis is really, let's say, at a point where you need a joint replacing surgery, this won't help you. I mean that let's be clear on that. Um uh, if your cartilage is totally gone, uh, I mean uh, we have to be clear on that. That's one thing. But for most people that is not the case. For people who are still in let's say in the in the area where they don't need joint replacing surgery, I think it's very interesting to underline that um, the pain they are suffering from, because osteoarthritis, the only thing you want to get rid of is your pain. And actually, what we see is that the people who are in the highest category of pain don't have the largest loss of cartilage. So there is this. Um, if you want to work on your pain and your um specialist says to you, listen, your cartilage is still there, it's just damaged, then I would say this is something your medical specialist cannot deny, that um, a healthier diet, exercise, and stress management will help you. I mean, it will help you um, in any way. No one in our groups got worsened. Uh, worsened uh, uh, during, I mean, so it's always um, an improvement of your health. And if it doesn't um, lower your pain, then it will lower your LDL cholesterol, which is a good um, side effect as well. So I think it is very, it is a wrong thing that doctors um, discourage People to change or improve their, especially their diet, because we all know by now that diet is the first and foremost risk factor of not only mortality, but also quality of life. And that is, I think that's quite clear now.
0: Mm, I love it. What next for you, Wendy? You've done these tremendous studies for rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis you're really sort of um, waving the flag and and doing some excellent work for the plant-based community. What personally are you currently working on that might be of interest for our audience?
1: Well, first the studies that we are doing. Um, so um, we are now in the process of publishing the one-year data. So that will come. Uh, that will be done by my fabulous uh, colleague, um, a medical doctor and researcher, Carline Wagner. And uh, she is also now actually in Germany working on all the poops that our participants uh, donated um, because she's actually doing now the microbiome research of the Plants for Joints trial, both for rheumatoid arthritis and for osteoarthritis. I'm so excited to see how. Are the microbiome of both groups have been changed, and uh, what it also did to um, some important metabolites in the blood? Because we all know that if your microbiome improves, then um, this will also lead to an increase in uh, inflammation lowering metabolites in your blood. So she is working on that right now. Very, very interesting. So that are the most important studies that we do. And we are actually in the process of establishing this social enterprise, which which is called Plans for Health, starting in the Netherlands, but also um, through, among others, the Physicians Association for Nutrition, uh, of which I'm in the board, Uh, that's a... Fabulous association for doctors for dietitians so if you're a doctor or a dietitian or another health professional please take a look at the physicians association for nutrition in australia of course doctors for nutrition is um a comparable association um so plans for health is actually working on offering Uh, this multidisciplinary lifestyle program. And we will start with arthritis, but we uh, have the plan to extend to heart disease and to other um, diseases as well. For example, secondary prevention in cancer, so people who have had cancer uh, but are um, willing to improve their lifestyle as to prevent them from, from having cancer again. So we are working on that. The important thing about plans for health is that we will offer these lifestyle programs at the same time we will do research. So we every participant will be invited to join new research uh, as to uh, see how people improve. Um, and third we will uh, be a great employer of let's say a new kind of health. Yeah, uh, health organization. So, in, uh, which is far more based on, on health instead of disease. So, uh, large plans. Uh, and I'm actually, um, working also more in the field of neurodegenerative diseases. Um, and, uh, and actually you were talking about how health professionals can be somewhat reluctant to acknowledge the, Power of uh, of nutrition and lifestyle, and actually, when I started this study with rheumatologists, they well, they were uh, very, to to say it very nicely, critical, uh, skeptical. In in truth, uh, there was one meeting where one of them wanted to send me out of the room. Um, so, and now all these rheumatologists that I've worked with are now actually sending all their patients to dietitians and it, and motivating them to uh, improve their lifestyle. So a lot of things can change. And right now I'm working with neurodegenerative diseases and I actually uh, noticed that I have to start all over again because also there I see this skepticism, although somewhat less than when I started with rheumatology. But you see that still that in in the education of the medical profession, we really do need a change. And that's why it's so important that Doctors for Nutrition and the Physician's Association for Nutrition are there to really work on that.
0: Mm, Wonderful. Well, you've painted a really bright future, so that's really exciting and well done with all the outcomes that you've gotten and all the work that you're doing. Well, now, Wendy, you and I are going to be presenting a webinar together as part of Doctors for Nutrition webinar series. And that is going to be on the 6th of December. So if you've found this conversation interesting, if you've got rheumatoid arthritis, then on the 6th of December, Wendy and I are going to be presenting to a medical audience, but it's open to the public. And you can come and watch Wendy go into all of the hardcore science behind her rheumatoid version of the Plants for Joints results. And then I'll be putting that into the broader picture of all of the lifestyle changes that have been shown to be effective for rheumatoid arthritis from the spectrum of diet and uh, stress reduction, even some supplements, but certainly exercise. So uh, make sure you join Wendy and I for that if you're interested. Wendy, that's going to be a very, very... uh, uh, punchy episode, uh, punchy session together. We only get 25 minutes each, but then a bunch of Q&A. So it should be interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Looking so much forward to it. And I will indeed tell all about the research and some additional uh, and more technical information. Uh, so looking very much forward to that.
0: And thank you for coming on again and sharing once more, uh, this time all about osteoarthritis. So we've now covered the two for those folks who haven't watched the rheumatoid one, who may have more uh, invested interest into rheumatoid. go check that out. That episode's very interesting. And uh, why don't we get you back again when we talk about the follow-up after uh, yeah. the 12 months? Uh, that, yeah. would be, that would be great to, to, to have that update as well, because I'm sure people are interested in, in these progressive updates of, of this of this study.
1: Great. Thank you. And uh, definitely we'll come back. Thank you, Clint. Thank you, Wendy. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier and happier life, visit rheumatoidsolutions.com.